Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris. Schmitz. Great to have you in on Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark is in and uh, ready to go. Super week winding down, but plenty of Super Bowl thoughts. NFL on our mind. Of course, Nebraska football. Two more assistants. Got to meet the media. Coach Wager, the tight ends coach. And, uh, of course, um, you have uh, the young pup that uh, folks are uh, excited to see work, and that's Coach McGuire. We'll hear from them in a little bit. Uh, Some more offensive line insight in just a touch from Jeremiah Searles. Get his take on things with Nebraska and, of course, Super Bowl 57. Brandon Vogel with us in about 20 minutes. Searles going to kick us off in about five minutes. Hour two, Gary Barnett joins the show. His perspective making that jump from a – High school coach to the college level. We'll get his take on uh, that and also to see if he's going to get beer showered this weekend at the Waste Management Open. And then uh, a great sit down with uh, Husker Hall of Famer, two time Super Bowl champ, fullback Tom Rathman with us on the show. Numbers to get in today on Hale Varsity at 466 3776. 466 3776. Toll free at 800 825 5865. Stream us, watch us live, different platforms to do so. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel, ESPN Lincoln, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, give us a follow on the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle at HVarsity. Radio. Catch us on the way home, 4 to 6. Damon and Andrew, mornings 7 to 9. Find me on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essence. Connor Clark, we'll say it slowly, C underscore Clark underscore 27. Almost as long as at Searles 71 underscore HSKR as he's in his Husker office to get us rolling. Searles, the world traveler, my friend. Good to spend time. Thanks for a few minutes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good to be back home. Uh, You know, I was on the road for, I've been on the road for 21 days in in January. So it was a long haul, long trek, but good to be back here in Lincoln and Huskerville and settling back in before I head back to Minnesota next week and then Indianapolis for the combine. Hey, give folks an update with just some of the, the kids you're working with and uh, just how things have gone that route. You've done just a great job uh, from uh, not only doing analyst work, you still do do that, but also, uh, of course, now uh, representing kids uh, trying to live their dream in the NFL. Absolutely, yeah. So we had four players at the NFL PA Bowl. We had two players from BYU, um, a player from UCF, and then our our loved only here in uh, Nebraskaville, Adrian Martinez, the quarterback. We represent him as well. He did a really nice job out there. 
Uh, and then we headed down to the Senior Bowl. We had two players, John Michael Schmitz, the center from the University of Minnesota, and then Evan Hall, the running back from Northwestern. Both those guys had phenomenal weeks, helped themselves a ton, you know, so that was really good on our end. And then headed back home and now getting ready for John Michael and Evan Hall are headed to the Combine in Indy and then do the Pro Day circuit there for the rest of the guys in March and draft will be here before we know it. Schmitz is a guy, we got a chance to sit down with him at Media Days and if I'm a defensive tackle or or nose, I'm not looking forward to to try and get pad level on him. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a stump. You know, that's the way I refer to him. He's a, he's as wide as he is tall. Um, he's six four, so you know he's a little taller than most give him credit for. But man, he is just really hard to move. And you saw it down there at the Senior Bowl. He got put on the SEC squad. And those dudes from Bama and South Carolina and all them, they stood no chance. So, it was one of the things I've heard about this Senior Bowl in, in recent weeks, and this is kind of related to, to Trey Palmer's performance down there, is that what you see on the practice field and what you see on, on Saturday is only like 20% of what's actually going down at the Senior Bowl. There's so much more going on behind the scenes that's even more important than what's, what's going on the, on the practice field. So can you break that down for us, just what the Senior Bowl week actually looks like? Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, we tell all of our clients, you know, the, the practices are for the scouts, the games are for the parents. You know, the game on Saturday <laughs> is about as simple as it could possibly be. You got about four plays you're running. The defense isn't allowed to blitz. You know I mean, it's really. is, you know, you're getting the one-on-ones of wide receiver, DB, running back, linebacker, O-line, D-line, run and pass. You're getting the individual drills where that's really your, how you're breaking down and watching how a guy moves and how he compares to the other guys in his position, right? And what the Senior Bowl is for is you bring a top 150 guys in that you can and you start comparing and contrast them against each other. You know, it's like, hey, if I'm going to look at an offensive lineman, am I looking at the center from Michigan, the center from Minnesota, the center from Notre Dame, and the guard from TCU that maybe can't play center? And you put those four guys up against each other, and then you start comparing and contrasting them during the week. You know, and then also you have the the meetings and the formal interviews that's going on during the week at night. You know, everything's a test. Hey, can, how can I break this guy down and put him up on the board and have him break down film? And what does he look like? How does he do things here, this, that, and the other thing? And it's just a giant evaluation period for an entire week straight. And then you get them home and they get a little break and then you make them do it all over again in Indy, which is another test of like, hey, can they repeat what we learned at the Senior Bowl of like, hey, I got you on the board of the Senior Bowl. Do you remember that? Do you remember? Hey, get up on the board and draw it again here three weeks later, you know? So it's just all pieces of the puzzle that each team's trying to put together of the guys and the boards that they want. And each player's trying to just give it the best that they have. And at the end of the day, all you need is one team to fall in love with you. Jeremiah Searles with us. Searles, let's uh, talk Nebraska before we get to the Super Bowl. And you have, uh, for the first time in a while, and, and we reference kind of your teams a lot because of how good your offensive line group was and, and just what your offense was like uh, with, you know, Amir and Rex. And you had depth, man. You had guys that, that won starting spots, but you also had guys that rotated in and, you know, could play tackle or guard. So, that's that's kind of where Nebraska's O-line needs to get back to from a ability standpoint. And you've been around the program. You know these linemen. And for the first time in a while, you're, you're going to have pretty high-level competition with guys that have had multiple starts under their belt. As you look at this group, Teddy's coming off injury. Ben Hart finished better. Hunter Anthony's still here, and he's got college experience. That's just a tackle. Corcoran's played guard and tackle. You have Nuri that's back. Piper, you bring in Scott from Arizona State, who's played really well in a Power 5 league, and then you get the 
the mountain in in Mr. Hood from Georgia that's probably a little young, but 6'8", 350. I mean, so he's got the size and he got good enough uh, head nods to get to Georgia. So you have that that whole group right there, and there's a number of walk-ons and other kids on top of the recruiting class that I haven't even got to. What's the best skill set, in your opinion, that this group can have moving forward? Same old line coach, new offensive philosophy. Yeah, you know, I think you got to see the way the guys finished last year. They need to just continue to develop on that. You know, the way that you finish the year is how you have to start the next year in spring ball. You know, it can't be this uh, this complete rollover. Where it's like I wanted. I don't want to see these guys that have hit their ceiling. If they've hit their ceiling, then we're in trouble. And you know, I don't think that they're all necessarily. But getting Nuri back is going to be big. A guy that played well two years ago. You know, but even he's going to have some rust to shake off. Even come live bullets. You know, like having Teddy back. But can he stay healthy? You know, that's the biggest question for him is, is Teddy going to be able to stay healthy and play more than three or four games at a time, you know? And then you bring in, okay, Hickson's gone. Is Piper at center? Who's at center? Is Scott at center? You know, so that's a big position to fill. But I think that overall there's excitement in the room. And when there's competition, competition does two things. One, people either rise to the competition and they become their best selves or they crumble under it and we never hear from them again and good riddance to them. You know, you don't want guys that crumble under the pressure of competition in, in just the room because that means they're sure is not going to be able to do it on Saturday. So really excited for some real competition in that room. No longer just kind of like a clear cut. Where does Turner fit into all this? You know, those are all questions that are good questions, you know, because for so long and even last year, you know, we kept saying, you know, we're one injury away from being in trouble. And then all of a sudden we were two injuries away from a world of big trouble, which would happen last year. So even just building that depth through competition and making sure that if there is a drop-off, it's not a disastrous drop-off from one to two. It's more of a smaller gap there. That way you can still win games with backup alignment because it's very rare that all five guys make it from start to season to end to season together. So as this team goes through winter conditioning, when you look at the offensive line, how close do you think from a body composition point of view is this offensive line to being where Coach Rilo and Coach Rule want them to be based on what you saw at the end of last year and what you've heard from those guys through pressers and just how how Donnie likes to coach that offensive line yeah you know I think everyone can always get bigger faster stronger you know that's a part of the again the ceiling thing if you've hit your peak in the weight room then well you should be in the NFL Um, you know if you're in college you should always be getting bigger faster stronger you know I think that there's still some lower body things that really need to go going these guys is part of why Teddy's gotten injured you know Turner's got some lower body strength that I'd like to see out of him you know I think of a guy like last year you saw kind of a growth in body size from Henry Lutovsky, not as much play size, but, you know, he got bigger, um, you know, but you bring guys in from other programs too, from Georgia and from Arizona State, you know, they bring in a little bit of what they've had and what they've done with them. And so now you just kind of hope that they can bring in that body comp from that position too, of like, hey, this, I played in Big Ten football or a power five football, like you got to be able to bench more, back more, whatever it is. And you start just kind of get a conglomerate of all that. But overall, I just, I want to see more of these guys just be more brute strength you know, that might be some more functional movement stuff of firing out of their hips and be able to move guys off the line of scrimmage, not as much just like upper body, shoulder, vertical, jump front, jump sprint. That's not how offensive linemen are made. We're very much a functional movement position. Jeremiah Searles is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jeremiah, since you were in that position of the players are right now, you mentioned carrying that momentum from last year over to this year. How real is that for a player mentally? First of all, Connor, fantastic radio voice. My <laughs> I know, I'm he jealous. Just, every he's been hammering Marlboro I mean, since he's four. <laughs> wow, this dude just comes on here and it's like, all right, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but no, so you're absolutely right, dude. The, the momentum piece coming from last year to this year is big because you can have good momentum and bad momentum. You know, the fact that we won our last game uh, is big. 
you know, it's huge for just morale, you know, but then you get a new coaching staff. And I think that the excitement level of a new coaching staff can really boost that momentum too. Um, you know, cause sometimes just a slight change in the monotony of the day and the monotony of winter conditioning, like just the slight change can breed excitement and like, man, I'm excited to go. Cause I don't know what today may hold. You know, versus when you're under the old regime of what Coach Frost and those guys had, like you kind of knew what you were going walking into, and you can kind of get the idea of the like the definite understanding. It's like we've done the same winter conditioning for the last four years, and we've only won four games. Why are we still doing this? Versus now, it's like there's a change in winter conditioning, a change in the meeting schedule, a change in nutrition, or whatever it might be. And so you really buy in and you go all into that change and embrace that change because you never know where that change could lead. It could lead to an eight-win season, nine-win season, ten-win season. Like, that's what you have to believe as a player. You have to believe, why am I doing this? It's to win more games than we did last year. So I think that momentum coming off of last year with a win, going into the excitement of the coaching change, can go a long way for this football team. Super Bowl 57, I know where your heart is with Philly, and there's not a lot of love for Philly, Searles. Kansas City uh, arrival when you were playing with the Chargers. That said, tell me what happens on Sunday. I think Philly wins, and I'm actually cheering for Philly because, you know, Philly's at least on the East Coast, so I don't have to hear those fans versus a Kansas City So you are cheering for Philly. My God. I'm not cheering for Philly. I just don't want to hear Kansas City fans. Like, again, if the stadium collapsed on itself, woo! But as far as, like, you have to hear hear the Kansas City fans around here more. You know, the fans are like, oh, I've been a Kansas City fan my whole life. It's like, oh, yeah? Who was Priest Holmes? Tell me who Priest Holmes was. Don't bring that name up here. Where were you in 2012, Chiefs fan, huh? Right, yeah. yeah. Where were you at? Then you remember when Chase Daniels used to be your quarterback for like two or three games? Yeah, you remember all that? Yeah, no, they don't. They just say they are. They're they're annoying. But Philly wins based on that defense. You know, if I'm looking at my X's and O's hat, I look at Philly's defensive line, and you go from bottom to top, and you go, yeah, your twos could be starters on most teams. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about guys Sue, Linville Joseph. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. I mean, Riddick, who led the league, and then they lost Sweat, but I don't know if he's going to be back. But you know that you just look at what the pass rushers there, and then you talk about a Mahomes that's not going to be 100%. There's no way he's 100% off a high ankle in two weeks. He's going to be better than he was, but the ability to go after him, I just don't see them being able to just run around and create the way he's been able to. Speak to Sue and perhaps his sunset moment and how he tends to crank it up in big games. Well, also, he's a genius, right? It's like, hey, let me not do training camp. Let me not do OTAs. (laughs) Let me not do any of this. And then let me just find a team that's going to be a contender and needs a pass rusher and a good defensive lineman. I'll just jump on there, right? I mean, it's a genius move by a veteran. So, I mean, he has a lot in the tank. And that's why they went and got a guy like Sue, because they know he's got a lot in his tank. He's an older guy, so he can't do the full 18-game grind anymore. But when you need him in a big moment, you know he's still got it. You know he still has that juice. So having a guy like that in your team that, A, has won one before as well, you know, that's the other thing. A lot of the guys on the Eagles defense, especially had won one a few years back. They know what it's like to be in these big games. So, you know, you have that guy who's the veteran in the room also as a role player, man, that's, that's something special. It's not something you don't see on most Super Bowl teams. Searles, we're going to get a, a fan question here before we say goodbye. And uh, this is from our dear friend, Brennan. Have you got some arrows in here this off season? Not yet. I need to. I'm looking at maybe upgrading the bow. Um, I have a Hoyt XXL right now. I'm looking at maybe getting the new Hoyt RX. So I, I think I might upgrade the bow this year, upgrade the setup. Uh, but I haven't got any fling yet. I'm going to start here um, 
sooner rather than later, but I also have the new baby coming in April, so I don't know if any turkey hunting is going to happen for me this year either. So I might just be in a holding pattern. Well, mm-hmm. I know Brennan's going to let you know next time you're out, you're out looking for a deer. South Dakota, he's with the the South Dakota Mule Deer Foundation. I'm sure he'd love to have you up there. So I'll pass it along. Uh, I'll, I'll go kill deer in South Dakota all the time. Someone just give me a call. <laughs> just, just let me know. I'm there. Find Searles. Give him a follow on Twitter at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Quickly, Searles, what's that Super Bowl spread look like on Sunday? What's the food situation? Um, I think Philly wins by six. I was talking food, food but that but works yeah, too. Okay, so oh, food. Lays- I thought you said spread. I thought you said spread, man. You, I just instantly went to gambling. I forgot I'm not talking to Danny's bet, Danny Burke here. Um, <laughs> no, the spread's definitely, I think the wife said we're going to do some pizza, maybe some wings, have some friends over. Very simple. Keep it very cash. Very casual. Super. When you order from Lazari's, uh, just mm-hmm. make sure Carson Schmidt knows whose pizzas he's making. Carson's working at Lazari's? <laughs> well, we hope still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love that. I'm going to have to heckle him. I'm going to make sure I, I make him sign my boxes. That's so good. Searles, we love you. Appreciate the time, man. Absolutely, guys. Appreciate it. Go Big Red. There he is. Jeremiah Searles with us on Hale Varsity. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Searles for joining us. Jeremiah Searles, get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play for the audio. Full show or just uh, your favorite parts, the full show video. Hale Varsity YouTube, get the magazine and digital content, HaleVarsity.com backslash offer. We welcome in managing editor Brandon Vogel with us at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Junior already throwing out his picks for uh, for this weekend. Vogue, thanks for the time. Yeah, he is. I'm also technically parenting uh, during this segment, so it could go it could go way south. Does, uh, does he have a full the, the background noise? Uh, you know, let's hope we don't fall off a chair or something. Does but he? You got to play the hand, Jadel. Does he have a full bowl of macaroni to chuck at you? No, we just we just got done with dinner, so that's that's taken care of. Maybe could have timed this better. So least, uh... well, I was gonna say, what you're doing is you're raising a little sports reporter right there. Garrett McGuire talked today about sleeping in his dad's football office growing up, learning the game. Junior's sleeping in his dad's football office, learning the game right now. Yeah, and I gotta say that uh, that part from uh, from Garrett McGuire today, I found pretty pretty endearing. Um, him him talking about that. And, you know, him calling his dad <laughs> nightly, essentially, who's head coach of Texas Tech, if, you know, for anyone who happened mm-hmm. to miss that. But, um, you know, pretty, pretty cool. Cause I mean, Garrett gets up there and, you know, the immediate kind of question everybody had was, boy, he's really young and boy, he looks really young. But it seems like a guy who, who definitely has football in his blood. A lot of football. And to me, it, it you just wonder how's that that respect and authority dynamic going to work out because you're maybe a year or two older or in some instances the same same age as the the guy the room you're leading and 
how do you go about commanding that respect other than than through your actions? And I think his actions are, are pretty deliberate vogues with how he's going to be able to connect. And that's that's a benefit for him and a lot of his staff. It's it's two sides of the coin. It can be a positive or a negative, the experience, the age. But from a connectivity standpoint, there's a lot of guys on this staff, including uh, Garrett, that that know what's uh, how the wheels are turning with uh, today's generation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I think that plays into his favor. Um, you know, you can hold people accountable at any age. Um, and I think somebody like Garrett McGuire is, you know, that that's important. Um, and if you can do that, you can establish respect that way. It's also, you know, just coming in with a new set of eyes, kind of the clean slate piece of it. And anytime you teach somebody something, Oh, I didn't know that under this previous staff. And, you know, not saying that the previous staff missed it or anything like that. You know, it's just like, Oh, it's a different set of eyes. They do it a different way. Here's something I didn't know before that helps me. You know, those things all kind of add up and I think continually build trust. So, you know, it's 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 a bit different. Um, I, I don't know that there's a lot of other coaches out there saying, hey, come eat Pop-Tarts uh, in my office. <laughs> but as a uh, diehard Pop-Tarts fan, I, I'd be interested. I'd be interested at age 43. Cherry or strawberry? No, 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 never, never fruit. Like I'll take those. But, <laughs> I agree. Uh, we're all about like the brown sugar cinnamon. Yeah, uh, come on, s'mores. We're, we're into, well, I'm into the candy pop tarts. Yeah, <laughs> that's where it's at. Yeah, no, no wonder, no wonder Carson does not hammer the pop tarts like it used to because I've been buying the fruit ones like all, the all along. Strawberry's not that great. I really like cherry s'mores. Is a phenomenal. Flavor. Yes, if you've ever had the s'mores oh, pop yeah. tart, that is one of the goats. There's a, a vending machine in the basement of this hallowed building, our studios. And I think there are Pop-Tarts from two packagings ago. I think they're nuclear proof. They're, they're, they're well expired, but they're still for sale. Well, it's got to be like Twinkies, <laughs> right? They don't go, they don't go bad. Like, yeah, yeah, how, ba- how bad could a Pop-Tart go? I don't know. Brandon, the, the question... We'll though find on, out. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> Brandon, the, the question on everyone's mind right now, though, following that Garrett McGuire uh, presser today, is a question that's been on my mind for a while. Being born in 1999, does that qualify you as being a, a 90s kid? I, I know uh, that, that the question was asked in a sense of, Garrett, you weren't even exactly. alive to see the national championship games, but I'm a 99 kid. I've always told people I'm, an, I'm a 90s baby. Is that, is that, is that, is that true? Um, I, well, I, probably not. Uh, you, you weren't catching a whole lot of the 90s at, at that point, uh, much less. Well, you definitely weren't cognizant or, or remembering much of the 90s, but as, as somebody who was born exactly 20 years earlier who falls in the like millennial Gen X divide uh this comes up in that context for me often enough and uh i I firmly identify as generation x so if you want to call me a millennial fine uh but i'm going to claim generation x so elijah gary mcguire do what you need to do you see i claim millennial not gen z because i see all these gen zers like connor with their tiktoks and their music and it makes me feel old (laughs) (laughs) just got thrown under the bus here but i'll act like it didn't happen anyway with Coach McGuire being 24 and asking about how he's going to lead a group of guys that's very similar in age to him, I don't know if you would agree with this, Brandon, but I think the approach, at least appropriately, would be to try and relate to the players as much as possible because it's not often where you get a guy that's not a student assistant coach 
that is around the same demographic, I think that could help a lot psychologically, especially with some of these players. I would agree. I think you've got to turn kind of, you know, your perceived weakness, um, if it's even that, or perceived kind of ambiguity, for lack of a better term, and into a strength and and use that to your advantage. Because you know what? You can you can behave like a fifty two year old coach right now. And, you know, Garrett McGuire strikes me as somebody who's like who's gonna put the work in. Um and there's there's no substitute for experience. Um but there's there's also perhaps no substitute just for the way you're able to connect given the the proximity to a younger group of players so so use that piece of it like as long as those guys respect you and and you know know that you're the head coach even if in the case you know maybe you're only two years older than me um that's that's really all you have to establish and and i'm quite confident given the experience he's had and exposure he's had to coaching he'll be able to do that Brandon Vogel with us, few minutes, Hale Varsity Radio at uh, Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, could the um, sneaky staff home run hire be Coach Wager? Uh, with, I was super impressed with him today. Obviously, the Texas connection, but I love the, as he talked about, we'll hear about it in about uh, 10 minutes, but the other side of the, the, the office desk, right? He's been the last 25 years been on the other side of that office desk when recruiters have come in to his program coming to it come into his region now he's off to college and and man he seems like a guy that can do work with the tight ends but special teams is is his big deal as well yeah i'd agree sorry um max has a lot lot to say on this on this topic as well um Um, no, I, I, I think you're right. Like we've, we've had, you know, we saw how it worked out for Joey McGuire at Texas, kind of a pretty similar spot in terms of his history coming in. And I, I think that's possible here too. Um, you look at those, those ties to Texas and getting that back going for Nebraska. Um, you know, I, I've never been somebody who's looked at the move to the big 10. Like I understood how that probably meant less Texas recruiting naturally, but I didn't think it had to mean what it has meant to the degree that it has. Um, so, so getting back in there and, you know, just hearing other people talk about, about him, um, like it's, it's, it's the real deal in terms of his connections in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And it instantly, I think gives Nebraska credibility there. And if we see a bunch of good players out of there and um, you know, we'll see what happens with the tight ends, what happens with special teams, which, you know, they said, he said is going to be a collaborative approach, but I think he's going to have a pretty big hand in that. Um, It's something he cares about a a great deal. Uh, Yeah. In terms of kind of sneaky best, uh, wouldn't surprise me if that came to pass. Brandon Vogel's with us here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, one of the things that Coach Wager said today is, Little guy makes an appearance on the stream yard. You can check out the uh, video stream, Hail Varsity's YouTube page, the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter page, ESPN Lincoln Facebook and Twitter as well. You can check out the video feed. As, uh, what a cutie you got there. Uh, but, Brandon, one of the things he said today was the fact that, you know what, he's wanted to be a college coach for a while now. He's been waiting for the right opportunity, waiting to make that leap. And he said, when Nebraska comes calling, you don't say no. That's been a consistent theme we've heard from this coaching staff from multiple assistants is when Nebraska comes calling, you don't say no. Well, what does that mean to you in terms of Nebraska's place in the national relevancy of college football? 
Uh, it means he's not 24 to start with, <laughs> um, which, you know, I think, I think you saw with his answer to that, you know, he's somebody who's coached for a long time at the high school level and remembers Nebraska as the way all, I think Husker fans hope Nebraska will be remembered going forward with, with kind of a new era, a level it can get back to you. But, um, you know, it's it's still a it's still a great job that that has resonance for people in in football, um, and, and that's good. You, you, you want that; it's important, um, and we'll we'll see uh, how that how that continues going forward. But it's it's good to hear. I think that that's a name that still has you know still resonates with with football people because well, let's face it, the past ten years plus for Nebraska have, have shaken the people who have the most faith in that, which is Nebraska fans. Vogues, uh, about 90 seconds, Super Bowl 57. Uh, we asked Searles, so we're going to ask you, what's the food setup look like and who wins, Philly or Kansas City? Yeah, so on the food setup, um, I'm reluctantly, most years I kind of say, ah, it's just not worth the effort. It's too tough to do at home, but I'm gonna to try to I'm gonna to try to conquer Wing Mountain again. So right. procured the wings. Uh, gonna go gonna go that route and and see if we can actually come up with something I like here at home without frying them. Not that I'm opposed to frying, but I just want to deal with all that. So we'll be doing a grill slash smoke combo on, on those wings. Uh, in terms of the game itself, um, I'm not the closest follower of the the NFL, but Looking at the the point spread there, last I saw, Chiefs were getting uh, a little bit uh, on the line. I'm I'm all about that. Um, I I look at those these two teams and say, you know, should be fairly fairly close game most of the time. But you look at who could win big here if the game were to go that way, and I think that's Chiefs more so than the Eagles. So I'll I'll take Kansas City um, and 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 ride with the Chiefs, I guess. Vogues says, Chiefs, uh, we expect uh, you to be that guy. We need you to tweet out photos of your wings on Sunday. Or at least send them to us. Well, will do. Vogues, take care. Give the little man uh, a pound. And uh, we'll talk to you on Saturday. Thank you. All right. Talk to you guys later. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Brandon Vogel and Jeremiah Searles for getting us kicked off this Thursday. It's Hale Varsity presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Tom Rathman, less than an hour away as we'll talk fullbacks and Super Bowls. Gary Barnett, that transition from high school to college as a coach, his perspective on that. Nebraska, a chance to bring out a couple of their new coaches, Bob Wager, tight ends coach, and, uh, of course, uh, Nebraska's uh, new wide receivers coach. And uh, we have 
you know, the, the topic of age has been uh, pretty, pretty big um, with, with this hire, fellas. And to me, I, I think it's going to work in, in Nebraska's favor from a connectivity standpoint. I know we focused on it briefly with, uh, with Vogue's. But I, I think it can go uh, the right way in that room, and um, it's all about relationships. That's that's been a big thing for this whole entire Nebraska staff. They've been on the same page with um, with how they want to go about doing things. But it's it's all about relationship building. And one of the things that McGuire said today, when asked about his age, you know, being twenty four years old, was like, "How are you going to command the respect of that room?" And I'm paraphrasing his answer here, but it was along the lines of. Uh, they're not going to care about what you have to say until you prove to them that you care about them. And, and he's saying it, it doesn't matter if you're 45 or if you're 25. You got to go out and re- earn the respect of the guys in the room first. Like, if, if you're 23 years old and you earn the respect of the wide receiver room, it doesn't matter how old you are. Where if you're 45 years old and you don't earn that respect, it, again, doesn't matter how old you are. So uh, it's kind of like that old adage, age is just a number. It's, it's how well you do your job. So, No, I, I totally agree with that. And And – no, and his his quote from Saban rings true, and and there's some themes here. Uh, one of us, right, mm. and uh, of course the process, and you know the process works if you buy in and trust it, and uh, it's about the uh, the one percent and getting better every day. Uh, let's hear from Bob Wager and uh, specifically other college opportunities. That, that have been there for him. He's been, uh, you know, a quarter of a century doing really good things in the state of Texas as a head high, fo- high school football coach, but it's been that, that Rule connection and the impression that Rule made in the recruiting world and what he did at Baylor that, that made it the no-brainer for, for Coach Wager. Well, I think anytime you surround yourself with great people and, and uh, it's amazing what those good football players will do for a guy's career. And, and we did have a great deal of success, which offers uh, and provides opportunity. Uh, but the timing wasn't right. Some of that was family related. Uh, my kids are older now. I've got a senior son. Um, and at the end of the day, it's uh, it's Coach Matt Rule, a great staff that I've had a chance and a pleasure to get to know in the last month and a half. And it's the University of Nebraska. That's different. So uh, when it comes to Nebraska, some more from Coach Wager on the opportunity here in Lincoln. Oh, absolutely. Um, now, I'm, I'm in my early 50s, and so my recollection of Nebraska football is, uh, you know, Thanksgiving night and, and being 15, 16, 17 years old, and there was only, there was only one show on TV and, and had a tremendous amount of admiration for it. Our first trip to Nebraska, my wife, my family, and I, our two kids, uh, tripped up here right before Christmas, had a chance to snoop around a little bit and, uh, and, and go out to dinner, be in, in the community, check out some of the different high schools. So, yes, we, we did our homework before we made the trip. The gelling part with Coach Rule. Well, I, I just think, again, like-minded in regards to not only the development of, of the athlete, but development of the human being and, and challenging them to be the very best teammate, the very best person, uh, the very best player that they can be. And, and that's right up my alley. I'm, I'm a character development guy. Um, I want the very best for those that I, I coach with and, and those that I get to coach. And, and so most of our conversations were always about human development before they were athletic development. So how's that door going to open? How wide will it open 
in the state of Texas for Nebraska. A lot of Texans on staff, a lot of goodwill with hiring Texas connections to the high school ranks. And uh, Coach Wager did touch on that, cut six here with uh, the Texas reception for uh, this new Nebraska staff. Well, it's it's been great. It's been a homecoming for me. Obviously, I've, I've um, you know I put a lot of years in there as their peer, and I'm still their peer. Guys, I'm always going to be a high school football coach. I just happen to be coaching at the University of Nebraska now, and so that aspect of it, the personal aspect of it, was exactly the same. Um, but I also say that I think those coaches that are that are there, the high school coaches in Texas, the high school coaches around the country, when one of us has an opportunity uh, to to make a step like this. We root for each other, and, um, and and so I was very grateful for the reception that I got from those guys. And then, obviously, I think any time you come in and and wear this brand and 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 walk in with Coach Rule, uh, it's a thrill for those kids and a thrill for the for the high school coaches that you visit with. Last thought here from Coach uh, Wager when it comes to his perspective uh, now at the college level, coming from high school. I think certainly there's some uniqueness from from a recruiting standpoint in the fact that I've been on the opposite side of the desk. And so I've seen a lot of seen a lot of coaches come through. I've seen their interactions with players. Um, And so, yeah, I I do think that provides a a unique perspective for me uh, and and had a chance to learn a great deal while I watched that process happen over the course of the last quarter of a century. So pretty good uh, snippets there from Coach Wager uh, with Coach McGuire. Uh, a lot focused in on uh, his dad, right? Joey McGuire uh, did really impressive things at Texas Tech. Uh, really like uh, his take here. Vogue's talked about it. Let's hear it here. Cut 17. Uh, he's calling dad every night and uh, getting the roadmap. Also, of course, being under rule again, not only in Carolina, but now at Nebraska. And uh, he wants to do right by those both those guys that have influenced him. So I call him about every night. Um just, you know, ask him for help. You know, he's his best recruiter. I tell that to everybody. You see him, he goes out on the road by himself, which, you know, there's a lot of respect behind that. And um, I'm just always, like, trying to get his evaluation of me. You know, am I doing enough? Am I doing the right things? And that's what's so cool about me is, like, I'm the son of a coach, so I spent 18 years with best coach I know. We were under the same roof, you know? I mean, you know that, Max. You know how close him and I are. But uh, So, like, I'll ask him about recruiting, but mainly he just keeps going, talk to your players, talk to their players' parents. You know, if if you guys were down there 10 minutes ago, there were six guys in my room just hanging out, and I was like, hey, guys, I got honey buns, I got Pop-Tarts, come on, come get one. You know, just sit there, hang out with me as I'm freaking watching tape and doing all that. I'm there. Uh, Connor is going to, like, try and walk on as a wide receiver. How are your hands? Oh, not good. No? How's your rut running ability? Also not Worse. good. I was a <laughs> offensive lineman as a five foot six freshman in high you school. You played O line? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're 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 gritty with it. That's that's what I'm hearing. You can be Oh, I didn't player. say I was good. Cool. I just I said I, you, I didn't say you're good either. I said gritty. <laughs> Connor's all about that extra after the whistle. He's got shot. that want to. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, but were you good at holding? Uh, I was a good – I could snap the ball pretty well. I was a decent center in middle school, I'll say that. Did, no high school center, or were you calling games? Uh, well, I was calling games junior – or sophomore through senior year. Freshman so, year, so, I was so, – So medical retirement. Yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. Sure. Connor, why don't you head up to the old uh, camera well, son, and 
Here's a headset. It's hey, all right. That, that was my idea, though. I wasn't no. forced there. No, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't a medical red shirt to clear scholarship room. That's what we're saying. We'll wind down this first hour. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by Currency. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Busy hour two on the way. Gary Barnett in 10 minutes and a full double segment sit down with Husker Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champ Tom Rathman on Super Bowl 57. His time. Uh, with Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, and just uh, his perspective, not only as a player, but also as a coach. Ten years ago, the uh, lights that went out in New Orleans, he was on Harbaugh's staff. Elijah Herbal to my left, across the way, Connor Clark, Hale Varsity, uh, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency, and remember to get buckled up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances If you drink, don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. A little bit more from Coach McGuire as uh, we wind down. Let's get into that one of us, right? That's a theme. That's a brand that this entire coaching staff uh, embraces and uh, what it means to Coach McGuire, what it means from the top down and Coach Rule, the, the mindset required. What numbers? Sorry about that. That uh, might help. Read my mind. <laughs> Cut 20. Cut 20. Here we go. You know, it's just a select group, right? You know, you kind of lay down for the brand, right? So uh, we got a lot of guys that have had, have had a lot of opportunities to go elsewhere, and but, like, this is where they want to be. You know, they want to be around this family. Um, that's kind of my, my favorite part about uh, – being with Coach Rule is like, I like seeing Vivian Leona run up and down the halls, you know. Uh, my favorite person in the building is actually Terrence Knighton's son, Jameer. Um, I'd love to go watch him play basketball whenever I can get out of here, but um, no, that that's just one of us, you know. We, we have a brand, and uh, that OOU shows up kind of every morning. His memory of Nebraska football, probably a memory for both of you, was the 09 Big 12 title game. Sue and McCoy, and a little bit more on that, uh, what qualifies one as a 90s baby. Obviously, wasn't wasn't around in the 90s, guys. I know uh, I'm a young guy. But uh, I am a 90s baby. I'm 99, so I count. Um, but honestly, my first memory is Colt McCoy versus Indomitian Sue, you know, in the Big 12 title game. Because um, that was kind of a, a heartbreaker, obviously. But... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Big 12 raise, kind of, just being from that area. So, obviously, watched them, watched Coach Pelini, uh, kept close with Coach Frost. And, uh, you know, he had some guys on staff that I'm close friends with. So, you know, obviously, always kept up with Nebraska football. Man, that's, uh, that's a starting point. And uh, last time Nebraska finished in the top 15 was 2000. Nine. See, we're the same age, and I've obviously followed Nebraska more, but I think my earliest memories probably there was one time that Mike Leach and Tech absolutely destroyed Nebraska, it was like seventy to fourteen. 
Oh yeah, the uh, the speed limit game, seventy to ten. Yeah, seventy to ten. Yeah, I remember that one. Ask watching... Jay more about that game at a distance. I was watching that one at my aunt's house. I remember that, and then also the Nebraska versus Michigan Alamo Bowl. Okay, in... yeah, that those are probably oh, like my two earliest like Husker football memories. Mm. Like distinctly remember. What's funny though is Zach Taylor and who's the the Kansas City backup quarterback Henny oh, Chad Henny. They played each other in that game. Yeah. Henny's still in the league at 38. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're dating ourselves a little bit. That's all right. Gary Barnett, that high school to college jump. Uh, thoughts on the uh, well, conference expansion. Hour two on the way. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency Hall of Fame coach Gary Barnett with us to get things rolling. Coach, uh, what, what a what a good spot to be down in Arizona this week. Are you, are you enjoying? Well, it's actually a good spot to avoid uh, if you're uh, a local, which is I consider myself. You head anywhere down into Scottsdale, and I'm telling you, traffic is crazy, restaurants are full, there's a lot going on right now and so those of us who are here most of the winter we just sort of hunker in up here and don't venture too far down so you're not going out to waste management at all this weekend no i don't think so i i go about once every three or four years i like to go watch the golf and not all the the people looking and watching and stuff but (laughs) if you go early in the morning uh and you're there when uh, they're on the range and watch them hit and then you follow them around and then get back on the because parking is a mess mm-hmm. and then you get back on the shuttle and go to your car about noon you've had a pretty good morning and then that's when everything starts to fill in so there's ways to get around it but now I, I probably won't this year although I've got a buddy coming in town for he's going to go down on Friday so we'll see if I get talked into it have you ever been part of or delivered a beer shower uh, no no no, nothing. Not even no. after a championship. No, 
Never okay. had one, so no. Sorry about that. No, that's good. Not very exciting. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to waste beer by pouring it down the drain. <laughs> I love that <laughs> conservation. Right? That's the way to be. Uh, well, there we have it. Gary Barnett with us, Coach. Uh, I want to get your take on the the topic of goodwill. Uh, when it comes to uh, taking over a program, I know we've kind of broached the subject, but it's been uh, a talking point with Coach Rule and just what he's done in state, what his coaches have done in state. They've, they've hit over 100 high schools. Uh, they are going to be in high schools, as he as he says, you know, eight times a week, uh, different high schools. Coach Osborne's been on a couple of podcasts and has really – sung the praises of the work ethic and the evaluation. So there's there's that connection and, and thumbs up. And when when you started out in Colorado, uh, I know you were a high school coach. How important was it to you to have uh, people that were at Colorado interacting with you or at least the high school region? And then also when you went to Northwestern, uh, I know you've talked about it a little bit, but who did you reach out to in, in the, the Illinois slash Chicago area to, to make those connections? Talk about the, the local angle when you're taking over a program. Well, um, when I went to Northwestern, I, uh, I, I had hired two or three, maybe four coaches that had recruited Chicago for years. So um, that really helped because they already had relationships um, created and then they could take me into those high schools because I had never mm-hmm. truthfully I'd never been to Chicago so um, I immediately went out with them to do goodwill and to meet all the all the uh, high school coaches in the better high schools places that we would get players uh, at Northwestern the, you, you, you can't hit them all in Chicago there's just too many and while we we felt like Illinois was our home state, we had to recruit all over the country. And so we couldn't spend the kind of time, in, well, we decided not to spend the kind of time in Chicago or Illinois that we would have spent or we did spend in Colorado. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was two different scenarios. But it was, it was critically important to have coaches who already had relationships there. And um, I did what I did in Colorado. I signed an I assigned every part of the state to one coach and uh, every coach had a part of Illinois and specifically a part of Chicago so that we at least had a relationship with, with everybody and that they felt comfortable picking up the phone and calling someone. Uh, But, but in reality we had to recruit East coast, uh, south a little bit. Cal- we op- we went to California for the first time because we had strong recruiting ties already with our coaches that I brought from Colorado, mm-hmm. and uh, tech- and went to Arizona. We opened up Arizona, which was a good area for us. So um, th- that was different when when I came to Colorado because I had a background in Col- in Colorado, and I hired two coaches, three coaches that had backgrounds. Uh, in Colorado, um, we covered Colorado just like Matt's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we we went everywhere. Every coach was assigned to the part of the state. And when you've got guys from Colorado recruiting Colorado, they believe in the players from Colorado. Um, you know, you look at what 
just has happened at Colorado now. There's not one coach on the staff from Colorado. There's not one that has recruited Colorado. So all their roots and all their influence is somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so they've spent all their time somewhere else. Now they're going to have to go out for the first time and meet coaches because none of them have been in the state to have those relationships. So they're going to have a different approach, but it just comes down to who, who your staff is mm-hmm. and what's important to get the head guy. You know, when Matt was at, uh, at both Temple and Baylor, I mean, especially Baylor, you, you recruited Texas. It was very rare that he'd go out of the state of Texas. And I'm sure at Temple he, he did the Philadelphia area and the Pennsylvania area mm-hmm. as well. So he's used to that kind of uh, situation. And um, so I think it's, uh, one, I think it's smart. Uh, but in the end, he's going to recruit a lot of guys out of Cal- uh, away from Nebraska as well. So, But it's part of the things I think people think you should do. And people in state think you should do it. And it's, it's, it's a good investment of your time and your money by spending time with the high school coaches and the people in the state that you're your uh, coaching is that in-state kid give you a little extra ump in your program do you believe that i think it used to i think anymore it's not as probably as important as as uh, you know the people in state think it's important Mm -hmm. but nationally i don't think it's it's that big a deal um, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's one of those things that you put on your list that's a positive, sure. and that is that we recruit the in-state kids. And uh, if you don't, then it's on your list as a negative. And those things only become important when you're under fire and things <laughs> go the wrong way. <laughs> Gary Barnett with us. Speaking of under fire, I'm sure you have a take on – the uh, the reconfiguration of Brian Ferentz's contract, $50,000 is what's been shaved off the contract, criteria set by the athletic director. What do you think of this with Ferentz needing to hit 25 points a game? How do you think Kirk's handling it? Oh, boy, I don't, I, I don't know. That, that pillow talk in that house has got to be pretty dreadful <laughs> right now. Um, I don't know. You know what I didn't like is Stuart Mandel's takeoff on that. I, I, I thought he was way out of line. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, he's, he's got a job to do, too. But, um, uh, you, you know, you, you do what's, what feels right where you are. And um, when you start mixing family into the coaching piece of it, it becomes very controversial. If, you know, if, if things were different, you would never have this issue about nepotism. Mm-hmm. If, if he had scored 35 points a game. Uh, but now you got to find some reason to uh, blame somebody for the fact that, you're not scoring those so that many points, and it's obviously that it calls on Brian, falls on Brian. So, uh, you know, Iowa is a, a different place, and it has a right to be different. So, um, I know Kurt. I have known him for years, and don't know him as well now as I used to. But um, that has to be a tough situation, and you, you know, you 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 don't sit down and make a decision like. Hey, let's make a really bad decision here right. uh, and do this. No, you think it's through and you think it's fair, and you know it. Uh, it 
puts the onus on whether he scores or not. Mm-hmm. If, if they score, he hangs around and gets a bonus. If they don't, then you know he slides down to another position. I, you know, it becomes a business at some point. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, with the Big Ten scheduling, Scott Docterman has uh, got a poll out there. We love talking to Scott, keeping with Iowa. But uh, you're going to have your three main uh, scheduled uh, opponents and then kind of do a 3-6-6 type deal for the Big Ten once the, uh, the, the borders open up, once the west and east go away. And uh, with... Uh, with the, the the scheduling, if you're Nebraska, do you want uh, do you want one of the California schools as a permanent crossover? Do you want one of the the blue bloods, Michigan, Penn State, or um, Ohio State, as a crossover? And then do you, do you do you want Iowa or do you want Wisconsin? I think you take Iowa as one, but the other two. I mean, it's going to be interesting debate here. How would you go about? scheduling it you lived in the big 10 and and now it's going to be a whole new world you know until everybody experiences this thing i don't i don't know how you uh you you make any kind of prediction i i would say in nebraska's case would be just like it's in colorado's case you know don't worry too much about all that stuff go find a way to be relevant Sure. And uh, and then when you have enough clout, you can make some of those choices and maybe make some demands. But, you know, right now, just give me somebody to play. Let me go play them. Let me get better. Let me get get a trophy. Let me get a significant bowl game. Let me get all that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't know how that's all going to turn. I think it's way too early to see exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, those two teams from the West Coast aren't in there yet. So, uh you know, uh, just I think you just got to walk a little softly with this whole thing, and you know, let everybody else try to figure out what's best for you. And you know, right now, if you know, if you're all Ohio State or Michigan, maybe Penn State, you got a little clout. Mm-hmm. But right now, Nebraska doesn't have much say in it, other than they're one member of the yeah, of the voting team. It's about right. Do you do you worry about this being seen through? Do you worry about UCLA and USC, or do you think it's it's going to be okay, or do you? I mean, do you worry about uh, their uh, their migration? What me worry? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> do you think uh, something could pop up? Is my question. I know it's not been easy well, getting I UCLA. The, yeah, I, I think I, I don't think you rule anything out right now, Chris. Till it's ah. done, it's, you know, I really don't. I don't think you rule anything out. So I think you just tread lightly and you know make your plans, put them in pencil and uh, see what happens so uh i mean it's just it's crazy because it's it's still a couple years so hypothetically could the the big 12 win the lottery and and pull a fast one or do you think the peg the the big uh the pac 12 could figure out a way to keep them so is that what you're you're hinting at or do you just is it just uh who knows i mean with the world i I, I don't know I just, I think it's just too, everything's too much still up in the air. Sure. Too much smoke, hasn't all cleared yet. <laughs> uh, and I don't rule out realignment uh, being a major issue still. I mean, I just think uh, uh, nobody saw either one of those two coming. Mm-hmm. Nobody saw Texas and Oklahoma leaving. 
and there's things we're not foreseeing right now. So okay. I just say sit back, put your seatbelt on, enjoy the ride. <laughs> Gary Barnett, Hall of Fame coach with us, Hale Varsity Radio. So the Buffs, as we wind down, number one in the portal. And uh, let's talk, Coach Prime, what's been going on in the world of Dion here the last week or two? Well, no, he, you know, he's just um, – he's doing what Dion does and you know, he's going to be on the Super Bowl show. He's, you know, people want him on there now. Uh, he's got a great agent and a, a promotion department and he's getting out there. He's getting Colorado's name. Every time you even see him, he's got a Colorado hat on. We're relevant. You know, people know about it. I can't go anywhere without somebody saying something about Dion right now. So, you know, he's, he's doing just what he needs to do. I don't know if you saw the study about the number of schools in the last five years with the most JC kids, um, but Colorado was number one. They've had more JC kids than any other school. Um, I don't know what that means. All I know is I couldn't get up one in school wow. <laughs> when I was coaching. We couldn't take JCs. And now in the last, uh, they've had 23 in the last five years. So, uh, you know, is there a cause? relationship here uh cause effect relationship i don't know Hmm. but nebraska was like fifth or sixth i noticed with about 17 so yeah Uh, interesting stat now juco can be feast or famine for you man if you uh get a levante david terrell farley that's a big time deal for you and uh or you just get a guy that that doesn't doesn't pop so coach we'll uh get your prediction now for super bowl sunday i think the line is minus two and a half philly uh what happens here do you like the chiefs do you like the eagles you've had a week to chew on it root for the chiefs bet on the eagles um but not a lot because I, you know, it, it all comes down to whether um homes can move around mm-hmm. and these things come down to injuries and turnovers and the injuries there's no way to predict you know you look and see which team turns it over the most and gets turnovers i think that's where your money goes but uh, hopefully we just all hope that it's a good game as you know we don't want another national championship game like we had with tcu and georgia Uh, absolutely amen there coach we'll check in next week thanks for your time all right chris great being with you Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10. $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's hour two. It's Hail Varsity Radio. We welcome in Hall of Famer with Nebraska football, uh, the greatest at fullback and a two time Super Bowl champ with the 49ers. We say hi to Tom Rathman. Coach, uh, this time of year, got to make you smile. Thanks for the time. Well, so it's a pleasure to be here. So uh, anytime that uh, 
you know, you're getting ready for the Super Bowl. I mean, that's something to be said. It is. I want to go there in a moment, but your position at Nebraska and also in the NFL, the fullback, uh, Nebraska going to have a, maybe a newfound emphasis on fullback or H-back play with, with Coach Rule. And just kind of speak to the the tone that position w- does set in the game of football. Uh, I know Nebraska fans excited to see uh, more fullback play. Well, I think with the tradition of the fullbacks that have been through that uh, uh, university, uh, you know, I would think that they would want to try to get the fullback, you know, implemented in their offense. Um, a lot of those kids were in-state recruits too. So, uh, but I think I just think uh, the fullback in in particular, you know, kind of brings something to the offense. You know, uh, tone setter uh, is really what I'm talking about: setting tempo, setting the tone. Uh, for the offense, and, you know, when you don't have one, you know, who's going to do it? So, uh, but I'm glad that they're, uh, you know, trying to get him back uh, out on the field as far as that position, the fullback position. What was the mentality you had playing that spot? And I and I know you, you did it in high school, you did it great in college, and was as good as it gets in the NFL. What... What was what made your wheels turn, so to speak, uh, knowing what your job, your role was to be? Well, really, I think what it was was it was willing to do anything that you had to do to, make, to get out on the field. And uh, I think once you are out on the field, then you got to try to stay out on the field. <laughs> and I'm talking about making plays, executing your job, setting that tempo, like I said. Mm-hmm that that position does for the offense. Uh, just, you know, playing with accelerated vision, I think, is, is a critical factor. You know, understanding what's going to happen before it happens uh, so you can make the adjustment and you can execute your job. Uh, I think that's what really is what that, that position is going to bring back to the, for, for the Huskers. Tom Rathman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Tom, you, you're a guy who's been around the game of football for the better part of 30-plus years. And I want to get your opinion. Why do you think the fullback has gone away from, from modern football? I think, uh, you know, in the NFL has it, become a passing league. So, I mean, it's all about uh, scoring points, obviously. But, uh, you know, it used to be at a run game, you know, People that were running with the 21 personnel, that's with the fullback and the halfback and one tight end and two receivers, uh, playing with that uh, personnel and uh, being able to run the football. But I think now, you know, it's more about passing. It's more about uh, scoring. Um, they don't really use fullbacks in college. I mean, there's not a lot of universities that are playing with that uh, 21 personnel uh, with that fullback. And I think that kind of hurts the next level. And then you see some of these coaches that are coming in, that are coaching in the NFL that come from college, and you know they're uh, those coaches that have played with three wide receivers, four wide receivers, uh, eliminating that fullback. So I think that's a little bit of it. You know, just uh, you know the coaches that are coming into the league that are new, that are from college. They're so used to seeing, you know, no fullbacks on the roster, playing with receivers instead, tight ends and receivers. And, 
And I want to say this also that, uh, you know, it's hard to find the, the fullback, you know, uh, just people that play that position. Um, you know, they're more apt to go over on the other side of the ball and play linebacker. Uh, they got a better chance of getting a scholarship. They have a better chance of going on to the pros, you know, because of the elimination uh, or the reduced uh, uh, number of snaps that uh, the fullback position has been getting in the NFL and in college. Tom Rathman with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, let's talk Super Bowl. And San Francisco had uh, a number of, of championships. You were part of two of those. And what do you remember about that that ride uh, that was the exclamation point of that two-minute drill with Cincinnati in Super Bowl twenty three? What what do you recall about that experience? Well, before I go back to that experience, I just want to tell you about uh, the experience the year before. In 1987, we were the number one seed going into playoffs, and we were playing Minnesota at home. And uh, they came in here and they beat us up and put more points on the board and, you know, took us out of the playoffs. And, you know, that uh, really you know, didn't settle very well with our, our uh, organization, with our football team. So, you know, we wanted to get back uh, on that platform of uh, the NFC championship game, uh, the Super Bowl. Those were the type of games that uh, you really make a name for yourself. And uh, we were able to do that the next year, uh, you know, when we played in Super Bowl 23. Uh, that was the year that we were in the NFC Championship game, and it was 26, 26 below wind chill in Chicago, and nobody thought that we could play in the cold weather for some reason. Well, Roger and I, obviously, from the Midwest, both played in Nebraska, so it didn't uh, play that part you know, on us. And, you know, we tried to, you know, tell everybody that it, you know, it's not as cold as you think it is. And uh, you don't need the extra shirt. You don't need a long sleeve. Uh, you'll be able to handle the weather, you know, with just a short sleeve with whatever you're wearing. But uh, uh, that's what we were able to implement that year. And, you know, obviously, you know, in that two-minute operation, you know, there's nothing bigger than that. You're in the Super Bowl. Two minutes left. You got Joe Montana as a quarterback, Jerry Rice as a receiver, Rogers as a running back, and me as a fullback. And we uh, played the, our uh, two-minute offense in 21 personnel. How about that? You're playing a fullback in a two-minute offense uh, in the NFL, and you're in the Super Bowl, and you're in the uh, you know winning drive that takes you down that uh, actually captures that championship in that personnel. I mean, it was pretty special. Uh, uh, by in itself, so uh, was just glad to be part of it, and it was a heck of a ride. I, I remember that NFC Championship. My folks had a membership to a gym, so they we would go there Sundays after church and they'd play a little basketball, but mainly I'd watch football. <laughs> and I I swear that I remember John Madden talking about the Nebraska backfield not wearing sleeves. I mean, I, 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 I would guarantee it, and you guys are just breathing through your face masks in that, that sub-zero weather, and, man, didn't didn't bother you two, uh, Craig and Rathman, uh, leading the way. Well, I literally told guys to get their ass back in the locker room and take them the extra shirts off. They didn't need them. 
some guys get it. And everybody from the West Coast, if you're from the West Coast, or warm weather, they probably didn't. But, uh, but it was, you know, it just mind over matter is really what it was. You know, not letting that uh, cold weather affect your performance and knowing that you were going to thrive in it. And uh, it really came down to playing town. You know, running the football uh, in that manner is what I refer to as playing pound. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were able to do that. And, you know, it was a, a great feeling. There's nothing like it when you know you're going to the Super Bowl. That, that win over Cincinnati is iconic with one of the best Super Bowls ever and makes a strong argument for the drama with it. And you mentioned that in that two-minute drill, I mean, Joe just had time and kept the chains moving, Coach, where he checked down to you, he checked down to Roger, he'd hit Jerry, he'd hit Clark, he'd hit, obviously hit Taylor on the slant, but you guys just got the check down, would run over somebody and then get out of bounds. I mean, tell me a little bit about Walsh and, and his his offense that, that was so good to the running backs, fullback and running back uh, with catching the football. Well, and that's really what I want to implement here is as far as uh, or talk about is, you know, Bill Walsh's offense. I mean, a lot of people didn't play their two-minute offense in, in that base uh, offense package as far as a fullback, a halfback, two receivers, and the tight end. Most people would go to three receivers, four wide receivers, open it up. But uh, Bill, you know, was strong, had strong conviction in that 21 personnel that we were able to uh, drive down the field the whole, the whole way down, I think, uh, from the start to the end. We were in that personnel, and, uh, you know, I, it was just the decision-making of the quarterback, obviously. Joe Montana, you know, if he didn't have number one, two going through his progression, he would check the ball down. And that was the one thing about Bill Walsh's offense was there's a progression uh, the quarterback has to go through, and he goes makes that progression read one, two, there may be a third receiver, and then he comes down to the check down. And Joe was, you know, very good at uh, coming down to the check down and understanding that, you know, I would rather have, you know, second and six than uh, second ten trying to force the football. So uh, he was really the type of quarterback that was going to take what they gave us, and uh, it, it worked in that drive in the Super Bowl. And one of the guys that really benefited from the chick down, Tom, was, was Roger Craig, a phenomenal NFL career, still somehow not in the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, but then you look at a guy on Sunday who's going to be playing in his third Super Bowl in Indomitian Sioux, and a lot of the conversation the past couple of days in Nebraska has been, is Indomitian Sioux making a case for having the greatest college and NFL career of any former Husker? I, I want to get your opinion. I want to open up the floor to you. Are you going to make an argument that Roger Craig deserves that honor? I, mean, I don't even really think it really matters to anybody, to be honest with you. Uh, the simple fact that you have a, a platform that you can play on that is at the highest level, and that's what you try to achieve as any individual, whether it's going one time, two times, three times, really doesn't matter. Uh, the simple fact is that you know you take advantage of your opportunities, and then you go out and you play the game, and then you go out and execute at a high level with consistency, that's really what it takes to win those games. I mean, you can't make any mistake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we were able to do that, whether it's one, two, or three times. I don't really think that really matters to anybody. And, 
Uh, I think, you know, Roger is one of the most underrated running backs that has ever played in the NFL. And everything that he has done, the 1,000-yard rushing, 1,000-yard receiving, the first guy to do that. Uh, he was NFC uh, Player of the Year one year. Uh, you know, I just think it's, it's you know, a big flaw that he's not in the NFL Hall of Fame. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Tom Rathman, a couple more minutes with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, what what's the uh, the transition like from playing in the Super Bowl to getting your room ready for the Super Bowl? You, you were in Super Bowl forty seven mm-hmm. with Coach Harbaugh and a real nail biter against Baltimore, where the the lights went out in New Orleans. Well, really, you were able to give advice to a lot of these kids that were playing. You know, in that Super Bowl. Uh, against Baltimore, the Harbaugh Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of the kids that we were playing with that were on our team had never been to the Super Bowl. So really what it was, we were able to give them advice, uh, understanding what the situation is. You were able to explain to them, you know, the, the halftime uh, is going to be a lot longer than a normal halftime. Uh, so you were able to give them a little insight, you know, what – what the process was going to be, and I think that really helped him. And then you talked about the lights going out. Uh, I mean, that was one of the craziest things that I've ever seen. We were getting our butts beat uh, the first half, and we come out the second half in that game, and they returned the opening kickoff from halftime back for a touchdown, put us in a bigger hole. And uh, we were able to, you know, do what we had to do to get ourselves in a position potentially win the game I think we were down on the six yard line and we had three or four shots at the end zone but we didn't capitalize on it uh that was the one Super Bowl that I did lose one two as a player and lost one as a coach uh but uh you know you're just able to help them out you know being uh down that road before uh giving them advice I mean that's the biggest asset that you were you were able to have as a you've got transition. a player and a coach to a coach. Excuse me, Tom Rathman with us on Hale Varsity Radio. That advice is worth its weight in gold uh, to, to get guys ready. You've had a, a chance to, to keep in contact. Uh, I think I remember you talking about the, the Brady family not, not being too far from, from your neighborhood. And spend a moment here on on, coach, on Tom Brady and, and him uh, finally hanging it up. Uh, what, a, what a pleasure it's been to watch him. Well, I've known Tommy for many, many, many years, even, you know, when he was at Sarah. And uh, I actually have a picture of him painting my daughter's toenails <laughs> at, <laughs> here in California. So uh, that's a picture that I'll never let go. And, uh, you know, he's just, in general, Tom has had a great career. You know, nobody thought that he was going to be able to be able to do what he has done. I think that's, uh, you know, a feat that, you know, not many people can conquer. And he was able to conquer it. He's got seven Super Bowl uh, victories. And, you know, who knows everything that he's done. He's got all the records and everything. So he's just been phenomenal for the game. Uh, Been a great teammate. Been a great player. 
so you have to give him a lot of credit. He's going to take a little time before he jumps into the broadcast booth. How do you think he'll handle retirement? And with you, you you, you got into coaching after retirement, and it seems like you're enjoying retirement now. Is that a tough transition for guys? Well, I think uh, initially it will be, you know, something to, you know, fill his time. But I think I read the other day that he's not going to get in the booth until 24, right. 2024. So he'll have a year off to explore other options see what road he wants to go down, but I'm sure he's going to have a lot of different opportunities, you know, to do whatever he wants to do, you know, because he's got so much credibility uh, to his name and what he's done, you know, in the game and for the game. So uh, I don't think he'll have a tough time transitioning it at all. Uh, got a little taste of it last year and then came out of retirement. So I think he'll handle it a little bit better this year uh, than last year. And, you know, wasn't, anything big for me i had a grandson to come back to and that's been the best thing uh, that ever could have happened to us that is awesome uh tom rathman with us here on hail varsity radio coach yeah you get back to nebraska much yeah looking at making a, a trip back to lincoln this fall at all uh i was back there uh for a game last year against purdue i've been back the last couple of years uh for one game uh, but uh, I just don't get back very often. I get back to Nebraska maybe twice a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so we try to get back as much as we can. So it would be nice to get back, be able to spend more time, go to more football games, but I don't know if that's really reality. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll take the opportunity when I get it. And uh, we'd love to see the Big Red, you know, get it turned around and you know, start winning in the Big Ten and, you know, started getting these championships like, you know, I thought they would when they first went to the Big Ten. Mm. Well, you got to get back. Uh, your old buddy Harbaugh comes to town, I think, in September. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just had a conversation with some people from uh, Michigan, and uh, they actually want me to come out to one of their games. Oh, yeah. How about that? So oh. the, the Wolverines want you – to come yeah. out or, or Detroit? Yeah, yeah, see one of their games. So, uh, but I said we'll, we'll see about that one. <laughs> well, just don't wear any Michigan gear, and I think the Husker fans will forgive you. I don't. I don't know if if I go over too well with me wearing my Nebraska hat and my shirt when I walk in there. You do it. Just show up. <laughs> show up in red, man. <laughs> Tom, before we get you out of here. Sunday's game, Eagles and Chiefs. I mean, I don't necessarily need a, a prediction from you, but like, who are you rooting for? Are you willing to give me a prediction for Sunday? I've got all my connections working for Philly. All the coaches, Nick Sirianni, they've got about four or five coaches on their staff that worked with uh, I worked with in, in Indianapolis. So. They're doing the same thing that we did in Indianapolis. So I know exactly what the offense is. And it's been, you know, really cool to see that all develop in the last two years with Nick Sariani being the head coach. He's done a fabulous job and the players have really bought in. And uh, he emphasizes, he's implemented the same stuff that Frank Wright did, you know, uh, when we went uh, to Indianapolis back in uh, 2018. 
and uh, it's good to see him have some success. And uh, I would really have to say that I'm probably rooting for those guys because I know more people on that staff than I do Kansas City staff. So uh, you always tend to root for your friends, uh, people that you work for, uh, work with, and uh, that would be most of the Philly staff. And uh, but they've done a great job. You know, getting to the Super Bowl now, that's one thing that you don't want to do. You don't want to lose the Super Bowl because there's nothing more heartbreaking than losing a Super Bowl. I mean, you get there on that platform and you put in all this time through the season, through the off season, and then you get the one chance, you know, to win that one day, that one game. And if you don't get it done, I mean, it seems like your whole season is a failure uh, as, a, as compared to winning the football game where you reach the pinnacle of, of, of pro football, and that is a win win the Super Bowl. Tom Rathman, coach, enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. Always love catching up with you. Thanks for a few minutes today. Okay, anytime. So you guys have a good day. Good stuff from Tom Rathman, Husker legend, fullback, Super Bowl champ, that Nebraska backfield with him and Roger Craig. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, many, many thanks to the great folks who joined us today. Jeremiah Searles and his compliment on Connor Clark's voice. Brandon Vogel with some Husker football as well with Searles. Gary Barnett, uh, big time as always when it comes to uh, coaching and and some of the moves Nebraska's made with their staff. And uh, big thanks to Tom Rathman, uh, pride of Grand Island, great, great player for Nebraska and uh, just an incredible part of that San Francisco DNA uh, with their championship runs with Montana, Rice, Craig, and, of course, Tom Rathman. Podcast has the whole show or whatever segment you want to hear. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, Subscribe, tell a buddy, and uh, give us a review. We appreciate that. You can watch the whole show on video, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, and always check out and click on the Hale Varsity uh, radio Twitter handle at H Varsity Radio. Catch Damon and Andrew in the morning, seven to nine. Hail Varsity on the way home, four to six. Thumbs up or down? Too much, or you can't put a price on? We'll get into this a little bit more tomorrow with Dolman, who spent uh, about five years in the NBA. But Kevin Durant covering Phoenix, the NBA, not in the NBA. Let's no, well, d- <laughs> I'd have some questions in class. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you. Covering the NBA with the Rockets uh, during the Harden era. Listen, uh, he's 34. He's got a billion miles on him. He's got knees. He's got Achilles. He's Warren Tor, okay? But he's still averaging 31 a game. And you add Durant to that Phoenix lineup. You had a new owner. New owners like to make their mark, so to speak. And quite honestly, in pro sports, you just don't know how long your window's open for championship contention. Phoenix is not far removed from a trip to the finals. Uh, right now, Denver's leading the West. This is awesome. Now, they've given up every first-round pick they have from 2023, 2025, 2027, 2029. Uh, Bridges, Johnson, and Crowder as well. 
they're young core pretty much. Yeah, yeah. they're young core. The Nets got a haul. They on did. That deal. They 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 did. But you, that's that's the the dance you got to do. It, it's L.A. Rams. F them picks. Remember that from the GM? Yeah, that in the interview, it, pretty much. It's a stronger you, word than that. Do, do you? Yeah. Do you like it? Do you I, like this Phoenix? Make a run right now. They're the four seed. Do they put a run together and chase down your your beloved Nuggets? And do they get it done to the point of uh, improving their seeding and then finding their way back to the West? Seeding's not going to matter. That's a scary team in the postseason. The question yeah. is, is can Chris Paul finally have a postseason where in the big time moments he doesn't suck? Well, he doesn't have to now. I mean, he, well, and, well, it, it the puts the is, Suns back Kevin in the mix. Yes. Yeah, they're in the mix, but can Kevin Durant stay healthy too? That's been his problem since 2017. has been injuries. Can he stay healthy? If he can, if Chris Paul can perform like we know Chris Paul can, at least during the regular season, whenever he's you know firing at all cylinders, they should be the favorite in the West. Well, yeah, I say he, that as a Nuggets fan. Right, yeah, Booker. I mean, I don't know. I, I it, think it's, I mean, I, I think this this is the, the move you make to put a run together. He's got the experience, too. I mean, he's he's won rings, he, and no one else there has. It's it's a championship move, I mean, at the end of the day. And, yes, you gave up a lot for it, but like you said, you don't really know when your championship window is. This is the best championship window the Suns have had in a while. Might as well go for it. Are you going to freak if uh, Russ ends up in Chicago? Yes, and not in a good way. I didn't think so. There would be no party on Connor Street. Thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity. Back at you at 4 tomorrow with Hale Varsity Radio. A Huda Media Production.